You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Welcome into Socks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti. My buddy Ed sitting across from me at my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Sit out, pull up a stool, pour yourself a cold one for the next 30 minutes. It's all four fans, five fans, and all white socks. It is 30 minutes of socks known as Socks in the Basement, brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Family Waterproofing Solutions, taking care of your foundational needs, your basement issues. You got water, you got leakage, you got seepage, you got any of those edges. You want to make sure that you give them a call. The phone number is right on the label for Socks in the Basement on whatever podcast player that you're using or if you're on the website, SocksInTheBasement.com. Tell them that we sent you. You get money off. The estimates are free. They can do them virtually. They can do them in person very safely. F-A-M-W-S.com. Ed, you started a uh, a, a blog. I, I love it. But you started a blog you're calling it Mismatched Socks. It's available now on the SocksInTheBasement.com website. You've already got several articles up, and uh, I love I love the name. Uh, take me through why you came up with that name, though. Well, the idea behind it is, is I want to follow up on the things we're doing here when we're talking to each other, pick up the loose ends, and uh, just, you know, another shot to get some ideas out there and some talking points out there for people because we're... In 30 minutes of good, you're not going to be able to cover everything. And frankly, some things are just bad. So I might as well put them in writing <laughs> instead of making us talk about them here. We've gotten a lot of compliments over the last week or so. A lot of people uh, pointing out that they're enjoying it. We're still keeping up the the strenuous podcast schedule, uh, even though it's been kind of an up and down, like start and stop off season for the White Sox. Uh, we continue to bring out shows on Wednesdays and on Saturdays and bring as much good content as we can. We are going to take next weekend off for Christmas. So there's going to be a show on Wednesday, and then there'll be no weekend show, and we'll be back the following Wednesday. So uh, there is going to be a day off in there somewhere. And, of course, the White Sox will likely go out and sign like Trevor Bauer on Christmas Eve, and I'll be forced to have to do a show. You know, I'll be like, no yeah. show this weekend, and then a massive signing. Like, for some reason, they decide we need JT Riamolto. And you're like, whoa, what? Like, <laughs> Why is he here? I mean, I know why he's here. Don't get me wrong. I understand why you'd sign him, but why now? What would be the weirdest signing that you could think of that the Sox would go out and do right now? Because we keep looking at, like, what they should do. Like, I, you know, I look at the idea that I would still love for them to go out and spend on Bauer. I, 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 it feels less and less likely because... They're they're not spending a lot of money, but nobody's really spending. the The Mets took McCann rather than spending on Real Moto, and now there's really not a lot of buzz for him. Like it feels like the agents are trying to get the buzz going, but nobody's really spending. The Sox, when you think about the fact that there's no McCann left, there's no Mazzara left, Rodon's gone. You've taken even Yomer Sanchez off of the roster. Gerard Dyson's off the roster. Alex Calame is off the roster. And Carnacion is off the roster. Uh, Gonzalez is off the roster. That's a lot of money off the roster. They haven't spent that. They're going down. They're going backwards. And the market is slow right now. It, what would shock you right now? Like maybe they're like lying in the weeds and Rick Hahn is all of a sudden just going to come out and say, guess who we signed? Like what would, what would jump out at you? Real Muto would be the one that would jump out at me because what you're saying there is you're saying, look, we're replacing James McCann 
as a right-handed complement to Yasmani Grandal, and we're going to commit to having two top-flight catchers, <laughs> and we're going to rotate the DHs, and it makes zero damn sense. It would whatsoever. make no sense. No, they're never, they're never going to do it. Like that would be like exactly. You, you did what? Have you? Yeah, have it, you been it would be the most like, nonsensical what? thing they could do. I mean, it'd be cool, but it'd be what are you doing? Right. Um, you know, I, I think the other one that catches me that I, I could see how it could work, but I can't see how it could work is DJ LeMahieu. Yeah. And give Mancada some days off at third, and give Madrigal maybe a chance to not have all the pressure to be the everyday second baseman, but that's a lot of money for a guy who's 32 and is still somebody that you kind of would sit there and go, well, wait a minute here. Is he the best answer considering our outfield is the defensively challenged Eloy Jimenez, the injury challenged Adam Eaton, and we still need a left-handed bat, which LeMahieu is not. I'm still fascinated with the idea of what if you trade a Nick Madrigal and you make him part of a package and you go out and you sign Colton Wong. I think I get that suggestion maybe once every three days, either through the Socks in the Basement uh, Facebook page or the Twitter account. Like, we're getting that suggestion constantly. Like, they should go out and they should get themselves another frontline pitcher, or they should go out and they should get themselves, like, a big hitter. They, they should add to this team because Colton Wong, 30 years old, a five-war, five wins above replacement if you combine his 2019 and the very short 2020 so he is a worthy player. In fact, uh, DJ LeMahieu, who right now is holding out for reportedly another $25 million from the Yankees, is the only guy with a higher war that's available at that position at 7.8. And so Wong is like a sneaky player that I keep getting this suggestion, like trade uh, trade Mandrigal away, make him part of a package, and bring in Colton Wong. It's become like It's become like this... This idea that has caught fire in the minds of people, I don't know if it makes sense. Like, Colton Wong, sure, he might be perfect at second base. Like, going out and getting another second base, but you don't need to do it unless you're trading Madrigal. And you're only trading Madrigal if you're getting something of value. And I still think trades are likely the way that the White Sox want to go because they want to have control and they don't want to go and overspend in this weird-ass market that's going on right now. But on the other hand, with the money that they have sitting there, just with who they didn't bring back, they could theoretically go out there and make a move. The only thing that worries me is it feels like Rick Hahn is like, if I can't lock you up for a long time, then I only want you for a year or so because I feel like the CBA is going to be a disaster. That seems to be the way he's doing things right now. Well, and it's not just lock you up for a long time, but lock you up for a long time at a team-friendly deal. He could. I mean, in theory, he could go out and lock up Trevor Bauer for several years if Bauer is willing to take a multi-year contract. But we know that Bauer at this point is going to command a high annual salary. And it's not going to be the team-friendly salary that Rick Hahn likes. You know, he could lock up Jose Quintana for many years if he really wanted to. But do you want to? You know, do you want to lock up DJ LeMahieu for a number of years? A lot of the free agents that are on the market one of the problems with them is, is that there's not a whole lot of guys out there that are these young guys that you sit there and go, okay, look, I think I can make something out of this guy. He's going to take that next step and we're going to help grow with this guy. Cause even like you said, even Colton Wong is 30 years old. Uh, so he's not necessarily a young guy out there. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the f- premium names are, you know, Justin Turner, 36 years old. Uh, LeMahieu, 32 years old. Carlos Santana, well, Santana signed, but he's 35 years old. He's probably the best first baseman on the market. 
Uh, Real Muto was 30. Uh, you know, you have a lot of these guys that are these veteran players, and that's great. But even going back to Michael Brantley, who seemed to be consistently, you know, tacked on to the White Sox in early rumors, is a 34-year-old guy. So he's going to be a one- or two-year player in Rakan's mind. And I don't know that I necessarily disagree with him on that. I don't know that I really want to be paying Michael Brantley in five years when we have to start repaying some of the guys that that are really the core of the team, especially if you're going to run into this again and again where there's going to be this cheap budget that we keep running into, this mysterious invisible wall of non-cash that, that the Sox keep putting up in between themselves and being one of those perennial contenders that just goes out and says, okay, we have a hole, we need to fill it, this is the best guy in the market to do it. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. Whether it's physical activity or off-season stress, Creaky Bone's going to help you out. Use that promo code BASEMENT, 20% off your order, right now at creakybone.com. No, and you know, and you go through the guys that are sitting out there that are, that are available right now. I mean, we're talking names like Marcelo Zuno's floating out there. You barely hear anybody talking about him. He should be, they should be fighting over him right now. You, you look at Springer, yeah. the, the the Springer market is doesn't see, all you hear is Springer to the Mets, Springer to the Mets. But the Mets, the Mets, I don't think are saying that. Everybody's just trying to push Cohen into just signing people because he's the only guy with money. Jackie Bradley Jr., you're not hearing enough about him that I would think at this point. Michael Brantley, all we've heard about Michael Brantley is he's asking for too much money. Right. That's the only thing we've heard about Michael Brantley. There's shortstops out there. I mean, Marcus Simeon is, he he is a former all-star, and wasn't he an MVP? He was an MVP. And Didi Gregorius and Andrelton Simmons, all three of those shortstops out there, there's no movement whatsoever. Justin Turner. I would love to have Justin Turner sitting in the middle of my lineup. Wouldn't he look beautiful as the DH with his big flowing ginger hair, like hitting for the oh, White yeah. Sox in the middle of their order, able to spell Yoan Moncada? You could even move Moncada around. Like imagine like you're like, we're going to give Madrigal a day off. We're going to put Turner at third. Or we're going to put Moncada over at second. Like, and you just have these bats and, and make Andrew Vaughn push his way into the lineup with a Justin Turner signed on a one-year deal. He'd look glorious with his red flowing beard. On my team. No, you barely hear about him. It doesn't seem like the Dodgers are too super excited about bringing him back yet. DJ LeMay, who, like we said, Colton Wong, Tommy LaStella, he's an interesting name that I think could end up on the White Sox before all is said and done. Tommy LaStella would, he'd, he'd have some versatility in terms of being a guy that is the left-handed bat. If you believe his power from, you know, a couple of years back was a legitimate change and, you know, result of him changing his approach and getting some time to play. He's a guy that could be good. Cesar Hernandez, for that matter, is a guy that's been pretty productive throughout his career. And you know, if you're talking about a one or two year stopgap, he's a guy that you could easily plug in. But you don't want to spend for those guys if you don't have to. But the idea, like you said, of trading somebody like Madrigal 
and then picking up one of these guys, there's some sense to that because, uh, frankly, unless you're going to go out and just say, look, I'm going to set the market. I'm going to offer DJ LeMahieu what I want to offer him because this is a premium bat on the on the, the market here, and, and I'm going to get him, or I'm going to get Justin Turner, and I'm going to put them in the middle of my lineup, and they are going to spell Yohan Mankata, or they're going to allow Mankata to go back to second base for a game. Whatever you want to do with with you know the the X's nose on the field, that's that's a Tony Larusa problem. But if you want to do that, what are you waiting for? I mean, you know, there's no sense in waiting for somebody else to set the market. Go ahead and set the market. Show us what you got. Well, you and I, you and I play in this fantasy baseball league together, right? And and yeah. I know that you think the same way that I do. We we play in this league. It's a dynasty league. So you get to keep everybody that's under the age of 30 as of March 1st going into the next season. And then you can keep four guys that are over 30. And everybody's got their prospects. There's 15 guys in the minor leagues. You got a 40-man roster total. You get you get to keep 20, uh, uh, 25 of them up in the majors and 15 of them down in the minors. I think we changed that because Major League Baseball. So now it's 26 and 14. But you have this 40-man roster. How quickly after you're done with your fantasy baseball season do you come up with all the scenarios of the things that you want to do to improve your team? I'm pretty sure you've already looked at it, buddy, because I know I've done it about three or four times already, and there's a reason that you and I have won combined the last four years of this league. It's either me or you amongst the 10 people in the league because of the amount of thought that we put into, all right, I've got to change this, and I've got to move this around, and this guy's a multi-positional player, and I'm thinking about that on my fantasy team. So... I hope and pray that somewhere there's like a whiteboard or a room of whiteboards where every possible scenario is mapped out. Because if I put that much time into my fantasy baseball team, there should be a lot more time being put into what are the scenarios here for the White Sox and what we can do. I really hope it's not like when you watch the movie Moneyball and the Billy Bean character played by Brad Pitt, what does he do? He calls up a GM and he goes, "Uh, I'm looking to get so-and-so. Well, what do you want? Well, what do you got? And, and and it's just like they're just throwing names against the wall. I really hope it's no. as planned out as my fantasy baseball league. No, because that's the, you're right, and and that's the temptation. I think that's the temptation for us as fans with the with the real major league teams is to sit there and play fantasy baseball, right? But you know the league that we're in, at the end of the season, and, and we're not the only owners that I talked to at the end of the season that were having these discussions, but. You know, you look at it, you're right, and you sit there and go, okay, well, what let me down this year? Why didn't I win this year? Uh, and that's what you're hoping that Rick Hahn's doing right now is sitting there looking at the team going, well, wait a minute here. Where are we thin? Where do we need some help? Where can I bring a guy in that's going to fill a hole? And then we don't have to think about it anymore. And, yeah, there better be a lot of different whiteboards out there, and there better be a lot of – diligence done on on at least three or four players for every position that you're looking at that are you know amongst the free agents and then even more when you're talking about trade targets and people that you want to get into but i think the the problem when you get out into into say the twitter sphere is that sitting there saying okay well let's trade nick madrigal as part of a package to get blake snell great He's one of our top prospects, and yeah, there should be some value there, but why do the Rays need yet another second baseman? I exactly. feel like they've got about 50 of them. That's the thing. You're right, because the whole idea is like we go, oh, he's worth this, but you don't know if the other team finds him to be worth that. You don't know what else they're asking for, and so, and I think that's what happens in negotiations as well. I mean, we'll sit around and we'll, 
you and I have had quite the uh, the history of negotiations just between our two franchises. It never is the initial offer. There's back and forth and back and forth. And then, and then like we've brought in a third person for three-way deals to get the value that we want out of it. And we're doing it in, a, in, a, in that setting. This is a much more high-risk setting if it's in real life what Rick Hahn is doing. So I get how slow it is to get a deal done. I get how easy it is for us to say, this is what the deal should be. Go make that phone call and get it done. And then go out and get yourself a burger and pat yourself on the back. But it's not, it's, it's different in the real world. There is time that this takes. And I think with the crazy market, the way that it is, and the fact that you don't have a lot of tractions, like I don't see agents able to pit three, four teams. Like right now, it's basically everybody's a mystery team. Like every report that comes out from Jeff, Jeff Passan to Ken Rosenthal is, well, this team, this team, this team, this team, and this team might be involved. And these other three teams should be involved. And I heard a rumor about this other team, but if it was real, it'd be like three teams because they would, they'd be only paying attention to the things that were solid. And right now there's not a lot of solid out there. I don't believe it. You know, I could easily be proven wrong. There'll be a, like a bunch of signings this week. But I think this is going to be the slowest offseason you've seen in a long time because everybody's trying to figure out how to do things on the cheap because their owners are crying poor and the general managers are getting thrown in that position. You know who really intrigues me is the Kansas City Royals. They're, they're Scott Merkin. I don't know how else to describe it. Their guy for MLB.com that covers the Royals put out an article today, and I was laughing that they're basically saying, we got Mike Miner, we went out and got Carlos Santana, we're sneaky favorites to win the American League Central. Because they're the only ones making any moves. So, so, like, Royals fans are getting pumped up over those two moves. I had to laugh. I was like, we yeah. don't need to make any more moves, and we're already better than the Royals. But that's how they believe, because they actually have something going on. So their fan base is clinging to that because they got a couple of names. And they, those guys might work out, but the, the offseason is far from being over. No, and it's it's not over, really, until the games are started being played. But when you go and look at the depth charts, for example, right? So look at what the why why could the Royals make that claim? Well, go look at their depth chart. They have their five starters are listed, and those are the guys that you expect to toe the rubber. It's Keller, Duffy, Singer, Miner, and Bubich. Uh, they've got some guys in the bullpen. They've got their catchers. They've got a first baseman and and some depth there. They've got their infield set. They've got their outfield set. So. Yeah, they actually can sit there and say, look, this is the team that we should field and we feel pretty good about it. But now if we add anybody else and if they do add anybody else, okay, so they can lay claim to the fact that, look, we're the only ones that have improved ourselves really this year. I mean, the Sox have, yes, they have added Adam Eaton and they have had added Lance Lynn, but we just talked about the fact that you could use another starting pitcher, at least one more starting pitcher, we still don't know who's going to be the DH. Everyone's counting on Andrew Vaughn, who has yet to hit above a ball. People have to stop relying on that, all right? I mean, like, yeah. I, I'm sick of hearing, well, Vaughn will just be the DH. He, the guy hasn't hit above a ball yet. And I know that this guy, look, we were the first peoples. We were the first peoples. We were the first people. <laughs> <laughs> we were the first people that, that really kind of latched on to the idea that he could get to the major leagues quickly. You know, we talk with the guys over at Future Sox on this show when he was, before he was even drafted, he was the he was the draft pick that we had conversations with people who were studying the draft picks, and they're like, if they go and they select Andrew Vaughn, 
this is a guy who could be in the majors in a year or so. So he's always had that attached to him because he can hit. If you can hit, you're going to make it there. So there's always been this thing where you believe it. That said, he really wasn't due to get here until 2021. And that would have included him in double A for half of last season and triple A for the other half of it. So the idea now that he's like, oh, he's still at the same pace. He's not. So I, I would love for him to get here and rip the cover off the ball, but I want to win a championship. And like I said, like I said last week or on the last show, I want to start being that team like the Dodgers that's got so much depth that a guy like Andrew Vaughn is is a name that you're clamoring for, but the team doesn't need to hurry up and bring him up because they, they've got every position filled. The White Sox, maybe, maybe, and, and my belief and my hope is maybe the idea is they want to sign somebody to hit in that DH role, but they don't want to sign a long-term deal. And they, they're they waiting on this kind of deal that they gave Edwin Encarnacion because they remember they got Encarnacion late in the offseason last year, and it wasn't an offseason like this, but he was like an add-on piece. Like the Sox announced, oh yeah, and we signed Edwin Encarnacion to one year with a one-year option. Well, the idea behind that was we don't know what he's got left in the tank. We don't know how quickly Vaughn's going to progress. So we want to be able to get rid of him, but if he if he, if he he performs and Vaughn isn't ready yet, we would just pick up the option and we wouldn't have to go through this again next year. The problem is Encarnacion was so terrible that they were like, hey, yeah, we're not paying that option. That's terrible. We're not doing that. That's dude, insane. He was bad. Yeah, if he would have been halfway decent... Trust me, Edwin Encarnacion's option would have been picked up if only to fill the role for the first half of the season for Vaughn. I'm convinced of that. There's no reason they give him the deal that they give him. If he would have been good, they would have kept him on. So if you're not going to keep him on because he's not good enough, fine, but that doesn't mean that Vaughn improves. Vaughn didn't get any better because Edwin Encarnacion was worse. No. So you still got to fill the Encarnacion role here until Vaughn's ready. So this whole like, oh, Andrew Vaughn will just come up and he'll he'll show up magically in like May or June and hey, he'll go hit 340 and we're going to go win a, a win a World Series with him. Stop it. You, they need to go do something else. So like I said, they need a hitter. They need a, they need a DH. They need that, that establishes depth and that makes Vaughn have to get through him. I understand not wanting to block him long term. I'm not for that either. But they need that. They need another pitcher that they're going to add in there. They need a guy who's going to move around the infield. And they, along with Larry Garcia, they need a Listella, something like that. I would love to see them go get somebody like that who can move around to a couple different positions. I'm okay if you decide you want to have Zach Collins be your backup catcher this year or let him and Yerman Mercedes go fight it out. And they need to go get the big shutdown closer. These are This is the shopping list. The list didn't change this week. All right. But we're trying to understand why they're doing what they're doing. I think that's what we're trying to figure out. And I think it's a combination of slow market and waiting to see where the market gets set because they probably have an idea of this is what you're worth and the players are like that's not what my agent told me and they're like well wait a month because when you see these other people sign you're gonna like our deal and that might be exactly what's going on right now socks in the basement listeners do the hard work and if you're a hard-working man or woman on the south side you need to be outfitted properly and that's why you should visit red wing shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976.
six. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Think about how quickly the 85 Bears turned into nothing, right? Think about how quickly the Blackhawks went from a dynasty to over the last five years, we've been we've been watching them decline. It's like watching Grandpa forget your name over the over time, right? Uh, the Cubs went from World Series champions in 2016 to now they're talking about trading Chris Bryant and they DFA'd Kyle Schwarber. So you have a very short window here, and I want aggression from Rick Hahn. I don't want him to wait and sit back because the window is very very short. We don't know how long these guys are going to work. It's, it only takes Lucas Giolito blowing out his arm once for him to no longer be the. This is the third step. episode. Listen, this is the third episode you've said that, and I swear to God, if he blows out his if he blows out his arm, I'm going to kill you. If he blows out his arm, because it's like you're it's almost like you're wishing from the blow out his arm. This is the exa- you've used this example now for three straight shows. It only it's one pitch away from Lucas Giolito blowing out his arm. Stop it. Here's the good thing: Lucas Giolito has fantastic mechanics, and he's a wonderful human being. So <laughs> I wish no ill upon him. He's an entertaining gentleman, and I hope he's here for a very, very long time. I hope he is the Duncan Keith of the Chicago White Sox. Right. Like, look, if 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 Rick Hahn's got this massive long-term deal that he's working out with Giolito, and he's like, I got to get a little cheap on some other things so I can sign him for the next, like, seven years, I get it. You know? I think that's what White Sox fans Good. are waiting for. Like, where's the money? That You had money. Spend the money. COVID didn't take all your money. You know? I Like I said, there should be, like, a little bank, like, like Uncle Scrooge used to jump into. And go swimming in DuckTales. And it should have all those millions of dollars we spent dur- we didn't spend during the rebuild that were supposedly being saved for now. That's what I want. I want well, all that I, stuff. I have two worries about that money bank. One is, is that it is an illusion. Two is, is that it's real and Rick Hahn jumped into it and got concussed. And now, <laughs> now he doesn't know what he wants to do or doesn't understand how a baseball team works anymore. And they've got to get him through concussion protocol so that he knows who to sign. Or three, Jerry likes to swim in the money bank in the nude. Yeah, but you know what? You got a boss like Jerry. Sometimes you got to get naked with the guy. I mean, I'm I'm guessing that's how Kenny Williams kept his job for this long. Do you think? Do you think that he has a uh, like a swimsuit like Scrooge McDuck would have, like one of those one piece ones from like 1910 that like go over the shoulders and it's just like a it's a it's a full body male swimsuit. Oh, Jerry, I guarantee he's rocking one of those things. Yeah, I, yeah. he may be wearing it under his suit at all times. You know, it's hard to say. Just in case. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's a Speedo guy in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Han, you know, younger dude, maybe pulls it off. Han, I don't Han know. maybe Kenny's a Speedo guy. A speedo guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's no doubt. <laughs> he was an athlete, so he, he's definitely, he's still showing it at, at, after all these years. That's going to wrap up Socks in the Basement. Before we get out of here, two things I want to tell you. First of all, Christmas is right around the corner. Like, you're less than a week away right now as you're listening to this show. The Socks in the Basement off-season package at SocksInTheBasement.com is a great stocking stuffer. The famous Socks in the Basement trucker hat, the Socks in the Basement metal bottle opener, keychain, get one of those, and also a Socks in the Basement koozie. 12 bucks plus shipping. If you order it, I will get it out same day to try to get it to you in time for Christmas. 
Check it out at the store, SocksInTheBasement.com. The other thing is right around this time every year, my dad comes on the show and we do a father-son episode. I've always done that because it's his birthday. And this year, it is his 70th birthday. Actually, the day this show comes out, he's 70 years old. Happy birthday, dad. He would normally be on, but we're still in the middle of our quarantine because I'm dirty and not really being as safe as I should be. And he is very valuable to me and in that at-risk group. So I am trying to get through my quarantine so we can spend the holidays together. Next week, maybe I can coerce him to come on the show. We'll see. But for now, I just want to wish him a happy 70th birthday. My father, Ed Lanuti, the other Ed at the end of the bar, and myself want to pass it along to you, Dad. And we will be back on Wednesday. Socks in the Basement found everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.